You're listening to the Podcast Detroit Network. Visit www.podcastdetroit.com for more information. Welcome to Smart Sex, Smart Love. We're talking about sex goes beyond the taboos and talking about love goes beyond the honeymoon. I'm Dr. Joe Court. Thanks for tuning in. Hello and welcome back to Smart Sex, Smart Love. On this week's show, I'm talking about sex tech with my guest, Dr. Holly Richman. We'll be chatting about how the latest innovations in sex tech are transforming the way we mate, relate, and masturbate. Dr. Holly is a somatic psychologist, certified sex therapist, and licensed marriage and family therapist with offices in New York, New Jersey, Los Angeles, and Portland, Oregon. She says millennials are having less sex than any generation in recorded history and asks, how has technology played a role in this? And is it all bad? Let's find out. Welcome, Holly. Thank you so much, Joe. I'm really happy to be here. I'm so happy to have you here and happy to have you talk about, because people ask me this all the time, is it true that millennials are having less sex than any other generation in recorded history? It, it is true. It is absolutely true. I think the one point, though, I think the sex that they are having, it might be better than the sex that we had back in the 70s, 80s, 90s and and there. So oh. I think they're just I think they're being pickier in some ways, which is good. That is good. So how so? Like in what ways? Because they there's more exposure, so they have more information. They have the dating apps, um, and we'll get into how that's good and bad. But I think they're just so much better armed, somewhat with education, but just with um, the choices choices that they know they get to make. That they're not um, they're making more informed choices about who they have sex with and when they have sex. Uh, that is great to hear. Now, when, when we say sex, are we saying they're having less intercourse or less sexual contact at all? That's such a good question. And, and I want to talk about that too. Um, I think sex tech has helped to redefine that. So it's not so heteronormative. It's not just penis in vagina. You and I are going to talk a little bit about adult virgins. Um, I just did air quotes there because I think that's a word that we need to get rid of. Um, yes. The idea of virgins. Um, I hate that word. I hate uh, perverted. Like there's all these sex negative terms that I think it's just time to get rid of. And sex tech, to be honest, is helping with that. Mm, How so? Because again, um, we're redefining what sex is. So when I have these 20 and 30 somethings coming to me and saying, I've never had sex, I get to say to them, well, what does that look like for you? How do you identify? Um, What would good sex be? What would bad sex be? And a lot of times it's not, it's just not that heteronormative penis and vagina anymore, which I think is brilliant. So again, with that, the study that says millennials are having less sex than any other generation in recorded history it looked at penetration, you know, it really looked at penetration, but I think we can extrapolate from that. They're just, they're hooking up less. They're hooking up less. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. It's really interesting. And um, some people look at that as negative and some people look at that as positive, but I think it doesn't matter how we look at it, what's healthy and right for them. And you're saying they're making informed choices. Right. Right. Exactly. Yeah. Just, um <sighs> you know, this is tough. Um, and I love how you speak about porn. A lot of their sex education is coming from porn. So that's not good. But some of the other apps and um, sex tech devices that I want to talk to you about today is really giving them good information, more information, SDI testing, um, pleasure devices. So all of that's rising. And yeah, porn is still there too, but but really seeing the differences in those two pieces. 
So let's talk about the technology. What do you want to tell us today about it? Oh my gosh. Um, I would love to start with just a story about how the somatic psychology element of this and the sex tech element of this came together for me. So I can, can help your listeners really see why I got so excited about this because I am not a technophile. I like my technology, but I don't want to know anything other than just like, how do I get this thing to work? Um, before you do, can you explain somatic? We did a whole podcast with Sharon. She works for us at the center for relationship uh, and sexual health. And she talked about it, but could you just do a little abbreviation of what it is? What is yeah, it? Yeah. Yeah. So somatic psychology is body psychology. So we're looking at the soma, which is the Latin translation for the body. Um, so I pay as much attention to what my clients are telling me with their words as with their body language, chronic illness, any kind of pain, compulsivity, how all of those things are manifesting through the body. So that's really my area of focus. Um, I, of course, I do some mindfulness practices around that, but for me, it's really a direct physiological line to the autonomic nervous system. So I'm, I'm constantly treating the autonomic nervous system because that's where these somatic symptoms manifest. Um, so with this bodily angle, this physical angle, it was gosh, probably five or six years ago. Now, um, I was watching a show and they were talking about virtual reality in this light bulb just went out, went off for me. And I was like, oh my gosh, this is, this is somatic sex therapy. This is somatic technology because we're inserting the technology into a place where clients can feel more like VR, AR, um, pleasure devices. Um, some of these other things we're talking about today, they're really the somatic manifestation of pleasure or of information. So we don't just need to, we don't just think about it, read about it. We can feel about it through these. So devices. VR and AR means what? Virtual reality and augmented reality. Okay. And augmented reality, what does that mean? So you're still using a flat screen, but there's going to be elements that look kind of like they're, they're jumping out at you. They're more, it's more virtual, but you don't have the headsets on. I got it. Now you're saying that's good. I can hear people listening to this going, no, 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 that's bad. Why is it good? It's good um, because we get a felt sense of what we're craving, right? So in VR, let's talk about VR specifically. So you would put on VR goggles, watch a video, and you literally feel like you are in the video, Mm -hmm. right? So they use virtual reality for all kinds of um, medical procedures now, uh, exposure therapy. So if you're afraid of flying, you don't have to go with a therapist and get on and off planes in real life anymore. You can put on a VR headset. You will feel like you are flying, right? Mm-hmm. So it's all of these really somatic manifestations, again, of, of a bodily experience. So if we're talking about this with sex, um, and I just have a little plug, I wrote the first uh, porn script for VR uh, for a VR scene about five years ago for women awesome. written by a woman feel filmed by a woman. So oh. everything was through this virtual reality point of view. And again, it's just helping people get more in touch with their body, more in touch with pleasure. Um, Joe, I'm sure you have clients who really have no idea what their body is doing. Like they come right. into you and they're just like completely in their heads. Yes. What I love about what you're saying is like, I get guys that come in with ED, right? You know, and I, and I don't even like the term erectile dysfunction. Now we're calling it erectile disappointment. I love that. It's so much like you say, not to say virgin, not to say, and, uh, but this would give them if they could have a flashlight and they could have a virtual reality and, and, and have 
if they don't have a partner to practice with, right? They it would yeah. give them a chance to practice it and and get more confident around their directions. Absolutely. And the the VR porn is getting so good now that it will coordinate. So the action on the screen will coordinate to the movements in his flashlight. So as the action on the screen goes faster or goes slower, the pulsations in his flashlight will do the same thing. So he's um, really mirroring what in his body what he's seeing. And for women too, obviously the same yeah, thing. For women too, yep. Their vibrators will be attached to the same kind of rhythms that's on the video. I'm sure you've had people say the sex negative people will say this is going to take the place of people are going to want that instead of and cause ED. Then what do you say to that? Um, for some, sure, a small percent, of course. Um, I think for the vast majority, no. Humans are wired for physical touch and connection. Most of us are still going to seek that out. Um, I don't want to be completely rose-colored glasses about this. The problem with porn, dating apps, any kind of sex tech that's pleasure-oriented, sure, it can take the edge off that connection that people seek in real life, right? It's almost good enough. Mm -hmm. Um, So that's one thing that we have to watch for is like, are you getting just enough through porn? Are you getting just enough through virtual reality that you're not going out there to seek out um, in real life human connection? But again, I think that's going to be for a very small segment of the population. Um, For most people, they're still going to seek that human connection and maybe love their VR porn. Mm -hmm. How do you feel this has impacted um, us over the last nine to 10 months living through this pandemic? I mean, I think we have to say technology has been good. I don't know what the what we would have been doing without Zoom. Um, you know, porn use went sky high for a for a while. Um, women in particular have been buying um, sexual pleasure devices. I think all of that's good because we all are looking like, okay, what's going to happen next spring and next summer when we can finally come out of this? It's really, it's just making ourselves feel better in the moment. So um, I think it's been fine to use those. And the the studies on porn do say people aren't using it for any longer, just, you know, right when lockdown happened, more people were using it, but it's not like they're spending eight hours a day on porn. Right. And then more people are spending more time drinking and Mm -hmm. engaging in recreational, you know, uh, chemical use. And we're not, uh, you know, people are so quick to make it about porn, uh, but they wouldn't make that so quick about alcohol. They would understand that what people are trying to medicate themselves. Yeah, absolutely. And um, I haven't seen the most recent studies, but the number of time people are spending on Netflix, Apple TV, I mean, that's in the five, six hours a day, but there, I don't ever see any Netflix addiction centers. Um, I know. <laughs> <laughs> um, anyway. Yeah, I'm glad to hear you say that. And other people say that because I say that all the time. You know, clients yeah. come in and they say, I watched three hours of porn over the weekend and I did it on Sunday. And I'm mm-hmm. like, how is that different than watching three hours, like you said, of Netflix <laughs> or sports? Nobody would bat an eye. No, no. So um, again, it's just uh, technology, I think, is a really easy place for people to say, oh, that's a bad thing. Um, And I just I feel like I want to normalize that it has a lot of health benefits, too. So it's not all about pleasure. And and I want to talk about those health benefits as well. Oh, please do. Go ahead. Yeah. Yeah. So I have some things written down here. well, first, let me say, I do want to go back to pleasure for a few minutes. Um, the the sex tech industry in general is a $36 billion industry right now. Oh. In 2026, it's going to be a $52 billion industry. Pleasure does drive a lot of that. Um, and this, of course, is VR, like we've talked about, porn to some extent. 
uh, pleasure products, meaning toys, vibrators, dildos, those types of things. But a lot of these are coming from women-led and women-designed, women-engineered companies. So I just want to give a shout out to them because it's finally, it's time that women are getting the toys that we deserve. They're made out of good materials. Um, they don't look like huge phalluses anymore. They're really, they're thought about for the women's body. I really appreciate you saying this. And I'm sure you know about this website. So I, I'm a gay guy, but I really enjoy watching heterosexual porn. I like it better than gay porn. I always have. Um, and there's a new, I don't know how new it is, but it's, it's called sh.com, S-H-H-H.com, which I went to. Oh, it's feminist. It's porn made by women for women. It is so hot. Like, and I really, when I watch it, I'm like, I really get why people are against or have harder feelings around Pornhub or Xtube. It's different. It's a different kind of hotness and it's right. It's more relational. It's more central. I don't know. I just was, I noticed that. Yeah, absolutely. And we're getting more and more of that. And you might have to pay for some of this really good porn, but I think if we're looking big picture, we should be paying for it. Yes, I agree with you. Yeah. So there's that, um, on the auto erotica side of things. So there's, um, Dipsy is a site, Joe, I don't know if you ever use that, you know, recommend that to male or females who like to hear stories. So a lot of people aren't visual. I think we assume, oh, everyone's visual and like to watch porn. I would say like a good 30% of my clients are like, yeah, porn doesn't interest me whatsoever, but I love to hear stories or read stories. So Dipsy reads these erotic stories to you. That's great because you're right. There are people that would rather it, audio is more yeah. audible turns them yeah. on more than watching. Yeah. Yep. So there's that. Um, so XO EXO is a uh, device uh, for transgender women. So wearable mm. devices. So there's things coming out in that arena. I want to definitely make sure we put this on the website. So yeah. it's not just lost in this, you know, podcast. If someone doesn't listen yeah. to the whole thing. Yep. Yeah. Um, Educational platforms, I play safe is for STI testing, um, my sex bio. I mean, there are so many great websites out there for sex education. Um, but I think I play safe is interesting because you can literally do your own STI testing at home. Um, there's sexual harassment tracking uh, apps, medical. Um, let me see. My Hixel and Morari are both for um, PE. Um, so really the medical tends to go towards men and, and performance related issues, which I feel like things in, in sexual industry always go to the men first. I know, I know. Right. <laughs> um, but those are great. Um, so yeah, I, I think for me, I just want to point out that they're really, this isn't just about pleasure and porn and even VR, which is a lot of pleasure, but VR is used just medically in cancer treatment centers. They give kids VR um, video games and it just, it takes the pain away because you're having the somatic experience of immersion in the video rather than concentrating on your pain. Yeah. So again, I think we like, like somatic psych, uh, psychologists talk about so often it's getting out of our heads and into our bodies and sex tech can really be a, a great way to facilitate that. This is all new to me to hear it put together like this. I went to a friend's house last year and he had the virtual reality set up in those goggles. And yeah. I'd never really known what it was talking about, but no matter where you look up, down, sideways, um, you feel like you are, if you're underwater, you are underwater and your heart like beats fast. If it goes fast, you know what I mean? Yeah, yeah. You're right. You have physiological responses. Yeah, absolutely. If you walk up to the edge of a cliff, if you're in your goggles and walk up to the edge of the cliff, you yeah. do not want to take that next step, even though there's a little part of your brain is like, I'm in my living room, right? <laughs> there's no cliff, but yeah. it's, it's that real. 
You talk about um, also how it can not just uh, help uh, sexual health, but relational health. How can it help relationships? Well, I think, um, so when we're talking about these smart sex toys, so that's one way. So, you know, you're in Boston, your partner's in California, you, through an app, you can link your devices so you can play together. So again, you control, can control each other's pleasure or sync them. So you're kind of feeling the same, same sensations, um, and movements at the same time, um, I mean, we can even go back to like the most basic of basic sex tech, which is Skype, Zoom, um, chatting. I think at least for my couples, I'm recommending it all the time, Mm. you know, because they just get in a rut with each other and like, okay, what, what are we going to do? Whether you're in the same house or whether you're 3000 miles apart, use your technology to enhance the passion, right? Send each other sex, sext, um, sending each other naked pictures, if that's your thing, if you're into it, but just use the technology. Don't just assume, okay, we're, we've been married for 10 years. We can't do this anymore. I like that a lot. It's, it does give another way, another avenue, novelty, right? Because we yeah. know as therapists that novelty is important in keeping a sex life alive. Yeah, it's, I, I think it's the seed of human desire, right? Mm. You know, couples are just, especially the long-term couples are like, oh my gosh, what am I going to do to spice things up? And I, I think technology can be um, a, a way to help that. Um, other relational, uh, again, just suggesting, hey, I heard this story on Dipsy or an erotic app, watch this. Or I was thinking about playing out this scene. Would you be into it? And if the partner is like, gosh, I really, I don't know if I'm into that yet, but let's, let's go to shh and watch a video about it. Or let's, you know, go to somewhere, show me what you're into. So again, it's this bridge between in real life and what some, what's happening for someone in their fantasy world. Can I ask you, what do you do with a couple where one wants to do it and one doesn't? Mm-hmm. That's so tough. And we, we all have these couples. I try to find a middle ground. Mm-hmm. Um, and I find that most often, so the person who's offering the fantasy, so I really want you to spank me, their partner, let's assume that they've been together for five, 10 years, maybe more. The partner's almost always like, no, I do not want to do that. Um, but we come back to it again and again. We do stories. We really break down the meaning of it. Um, I love the deep archaeological dig into the psyche. Like, why do you love spanking? Like, that's so much fun to me. Mm-hmm. Um, and I feel like helping the partner understand that they're like, oh, well, it's not naughty. It's because blah, 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 or it is naughty, but that makes sense because you not never got to be naughty as a child. You were so good, had to toe the line. You've always done everything your mother asked of you, whatever the story is. And now you want to be spanked or you want to spank me. Ah, I get it. You just speak the same way I speak. I never knew that. You know, I'm just getting to know you now. I've read, I've gone, you know, seen some of your webinars and stuff, but I've never known you to talk about this stuff like this. And it's it's really aligned with the way I think about, you know, working with couples and people. What else did I, did you start to say that you might want to add to? Um, I'm just looking at my notes here too, Joe. Um, I think in general, just this idea that sex tech is not the great divider. Um, Digisexuality is something that we're hearing about more. And I really am a huge proponent for that. In this millennial generation and younger, there are going to be some people who prefer to connect via digital devices. Like that's going to be their preferred way of connection. And I really don't want to pathologize that anymore. I'm not saying this is the only way, 
but making it, you know, getting to know someone digitally through an app is going to be the most comfortable for them just because uh, they have social anxiety because of how they're wired. Any of, any of those things that I think we used to pathologize people for, Oh yeah, you know, connect digitally and then see where it goes from there. And I like that word that people are learning now, digisexual. Yeah. Can you explain what does it mean again? Someone who prefers to connect digitally before they connect in person. And especially therapists pathologize this like, oh, don't you want to be with a real person? Don't right. you want to really connect? And there's nothing, I mean, that's important to say and, and to want, but not everybody does. And, and a lot of people are on the spectrum and they don't want that. This is like perfect for them or asexuals or gray sexuals. I mean, there's so many people, right? Yeah. Yeah. I was doing a podcast with another practitioner um, and we were talking about this and she has an autistic child in his twenties. Um, and literally I said what you just said and a light bulb went off. She's like, holy shit. I've, I've been trying to keep him away from all of those things because I didn't think it was good for him, but oh my gosh, here's a healthy way for him to start to connect sexually. That feels doable. That doesn't put him into a ton of anxiety. Yes. Right. And it's safer for him. Yeah. And it's, and it's safer. Um, Joe, we haven't talked about sex bots because people are always like, oh my God, that's the death of relationships, the death of sexuality. Here we go. We're all just going to be, you know, having sex. With, <laughs> with well, define, what's a sex bot? A sex bot is an artificial intelligence, um, almost full-size human um, replica made out of silicone, um, real dolls from Abyss Creations in the San Diego area is really the creme de la creme of this. I got to work with Harmony um, a year and a half ago, who is the top of the line, you know, around $20,000 device, but she can carry on conversations. She can come in any flavor you want her to. Oh my God. Lips, skin color, boob size, nipple size. Uh, vulva, butt, hips. Um, and I, I got to do um, kind of a prototype therapy session using a gentleman on the spectrum, working with Harmony and doing mm. therapy between them. And it was super cool. I love that. It gives me chills. Yeah. It really and does. he was an adult virgin, right? He had never even hold, held a woman's hand and he was 28 years old. Yeah. No, I, people don't understand this. And I had a, I had a bad situation, a short version. Um, I put out the, these, about these sex dolls. It was a brothel that was declined access and some, I don't know, was that Las Vegas or something? Yes. in Amsterdam too. Mm-hmm. Right. And I posted about it and these women uh, commented that, yeah, uh, let's choose LOL. Let's, let's have men have sex with dead women. Right. So then I wrote back and said, dead women, how are, how's that any different than a dildo um, as a dead penis, you know? And they ended up swarming my, um, my media and like going crazy on me. Like, like they weren't really wanting a conversation. They wanted to be hateful about it. So it's threatening to people is what I guess I'm saying. Why? Yeah. yeah. And I love that story. It is so threatening and I don't get it either. Um, and first of all, not, not many people are going to be doing this, but this is, this is the typical picture as a man on the spectrum, right. Who just, just can't like, he just can't have those in real life human connections. It's too painful for him. It doesn't work for him. He feels shame when he tries to date, like this is a nice solution. So that might be for someone. Um, well, that could be for some men. What I was trying to do with harmony with this 20 something, he really wants a girlfriend, but he just didn't know how to do it. So what I wanted harmony to do is just to give him that practice to be a bridge between again, the fantasy life and the in real life experience just to give him some confidence. Mm -hmm. Right. Yes. Do they make male dolls? 
Yes, they do. They certainly okay. do. Yeah. So this works great for gay men. It works for women who want to have them. Yeah. And women would, would utilize this too. Yes. So um, one of the stories I know is a woman, her husband died and she had a doll made that looked enough like him that that was great oh, for her. Oh my God. <laughs> yeah. That's a very sweet story to me. It is. It is. The problem is these things are heavy, um, like 70, 80 pounds. Oh, <laughs> so, oh wow. Um, again, it's not, um, this is not a solution for everyone. Again, I just, I love that you're pointing out like this. It's, it's healthy. It's not yucky. No one's replacing anyone. Like right. it's just, yeah. I think in the media though, up until now, maybe it'll change with people like you talking about this in the media, they've shown people who have this interest and they're odd people or not odd, but maybe yeah. they're, they're made to look odd. They're on the spectrum or whatever. And then you think, Oh God, that poor person, instead of no, this is an opportunity for his pleasure. Let him have his pleasure. Exactly. Exactly. I couldn't say it any better. What else would you say? We have a few minutes left that we didn't get to that you want to make sure people hear about your work. Oh my gosh. Uh, let's see. Um, gosh. Um, so the future of sex. I think I want people to be prepared that more technology is coming, just like it is in all areas of our life. Think about where we were in March and how many people knew about Zoom and where we are now and how many people know about Zoom. So I think I'm just asking for an open mind not to just think about this through the typical routes of technology, some of which we covered, but how expansive and broad those can be, the bigger picture of health, the bigger picture of sexual health, the bigger picture of relational health, just giving couples and individuals more and different ways to connect than what we've had in the past. Because I mean, these innovations just keep coming, keep coming, keep coming. Yes. Pun intended. Um, (laughs) Right. Um, so again, it's just going in with an open mind. And if your, your clients specifically are interested in this, um, please listen and offer some of these things that we've talked about instead of saying, Oh, don't you want to try this in real life? Don't you really want to go out and meet someone? You're so well-spoken about this. And I think what makes it even maybe more accessible for people to hear you is that you're a a woman. I wonder if a man were sharing this, and I know some male sex therapists are, but I wonder if he would be received as well as somebody like you who's female talking about this. What do you think? Oh my gosh, that's a great question. I have not thought about that. You're probably right. Um, And I hope that picture of female sexuality is changing too. But, you know, for men, you have the and on pleasure cornered, um, <laughs> right. which is just complete bull- bullshit. Um, but no, this is, this is for women. This is for all sexual identities, all gender identities, sex tech, and, and really, especially for the, the trans population and people that aren't, don't um, identify as heteronormative. There's just a lot coming for them that, that can help them improve their sex lives. Holly, this has been so wonderful. How can people find you on in social media and on the internet? Yeah. Yeah. So it's at Dr. Holly Richmond and it's D-R-H-O-L-L-Y-R-I-C-H-M-O-N-D on Instagram, Facebook, Twitter, and then drhollyrichmond.com is my website and you can reach me through there. And you were, have been a part of Modern Sex Therapy Institutes with us and with Rachel Needham and Ricky Siegel. And we yes. love you. We love having you You're, for this very reason of how you uh, dealt with the podcast. Thank you so much. Oh, thank you, Joe. It was really great being with you. 
Um, so I, I want to, if you enjoyed the show, please don't forget to rate, review, and subscribe. Um, you can follow me and uh, at Dr. Joe Court on Instagram and on Twitter. And please stay safe, and I'll see you next time. Thanks for listening to this episode of Smart Sex, Smart Love. I'm Dr. Joe Court, and you can find me on joecourt.com. That's J-O-E-K-O-R-T.com. See you next time.